What's going on? What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Dark Sun, the one and only Darko Yosipovich. That, again, is Darko Yosipovich, Donnie Darko, the Dark Sun. Man, I have a lot of AKs. But either way, guys, I'm back for another episode of Keeping It Real. You know, Keeping It Real, we're talking mental health. We're talking negative energies. We're talking negative frequencies. We're think, uh, talking uh, overthinking. We're talking catastrophizing. We're talking bipolar. We're not doctors. Uh, we're just everyday Joes trying to figure out the game and figure out a way to slow our thinking and to, to just be better, you know, just be better and be more happier within our own skin. So um, I wanted to get back out there. We talked a little bit uh, last time, um, just kind of like some of the things that I was dealing with uh, when my depression uh, was kicking in, uh, how I was isolating myself from the world. Um, closing my blinds, keeping the rooms as dark as I possibly could, not reaching out to my friends, uh, not able to get out of bed, take baths, shower, brush my teeth. Just really felt like I was dying within, like my oneness, like who I am as a person was just completely dying on, on, on an emotional, on, on all so many levels of emotion. So I wanted to get back to that and, um, you know, touch back on fear a little bit. Um, I felt like fear kicked in a lot for me you know i was just fearful of everything i mean things i've never been fearful of i'm uh very up 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 you know no uh, i'm up not uppity i'm almost used the wrong word i'm a very personable person i love being around people you know i grew up in, in big crowds i was that party guy hey where's darko he's not here yet we can't get this party going darko isn't here so that was the that was the guy i was that guy you know uh shy at times but very outgoing you know when i was out in public it was almost like an alter ego would kick in you know donnie darko would be out there you know <laughs> like i'm here let's get this party rolling let's spend some money let's just have an amazing time so uh, but that's not always the case with me you know like i was saying you know i've been on these downward spirals too you know and you know my background i touched a little bit how i'm eastern european yeah i was born in croatia um you know, actually, uh, let's take that back. Now, I was, I, I'm from Banja Luka. Uh, it was former Yugoslavia. So it was, it was Yugoslavia, you know, initially. And then they had a civil war back in the early 90s. And then everybody wanted to have their little countries. Um, we've seen that process throughout the whole Eastern Europe for the last couple of decades. You know, Czech Republic separated into Slovakia and Czech, 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 Czechoslovakia separated into Slovakia and Czech Republic. So Yugoslavia broke into a lot of different countries. You know, we're talking Kosovo now. We're talking Bosnia, Montenegro. We're talking Croatia. We're talking Serbia. We're talking Albania. I mean, all these countries were a sovereign at one point, and now they have their own individual sovereignties and, and independence. So... You know, I came, you know, so I came from Banja Luka. I'm a Bosnia. I'm a, a Catholic uh, by religion. I was raised to be Catholic Christian. And uh, all the ideologies and things that come with that as well. We all know what that is this day and age. So, you know, you know, being there as a kid, you know, growing up was great. You know, we played a lot in the snow and, and, um, you know, it was fun. You know, it was fun. My childhood was great. You know, I was still that, you know, the early 80s child, the last of the Mohicans as far as the pre-internet era. 
And so we had a lot of fun, you know, obviously being in another country, played soccer a lot. I was a pretty decent soccer player at one point. Maybe we'd just go out there and kick that soccer ball around all day. We'd never go in the house. It's just like in the movies that show our parents out on the on the balcony, on the patio. Hey, get yourself back. Get out here. It's getting dark. It's dinner time. Get, that's the only time we would ever go back in. It's like during the dinner time or, you know, it's getting late and it's time to get back into the house. And then we just couldn't wait to wake up and get back out there as kids, you know. So I don't take any of that for granted. I'm just so happy that I was able to have that kind of childhood, which those childhoods are rarely ever in existence this day and age. Now it's... I'm up, let me get on my computer, let me get on my gaming console and spend all my day killing people in Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's 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 crazy. So just to kind of get back on point, so you know, like we're talking fear, you know, and and fear was, you know, something that I that I was introduced to at a young age, you know. So, you know, going through a great childhood and then, you know, I think it was like I was ten or eleven years old, that's when the war broke out. That's when the hell came for to collect type of deal. So Everybody separated. They had a religious outbreak. Everybody wanted to have their own space, their own comfort levels. And they went into war, you know, and it was a it was a tough deal. A lot of people died from all different races. And, you know, a lot of people immigrated. Got, you know, thank God that we relocated and didn't get murdered or genocide out of our cities like a lot of people did. So not to get into all those graphic details, but, you know, anybody that's heard about any kind of a war, genocidal tendencies world war ii we've saw how that what happened with that and that's kind of really what happened in former yugoslavia you know they just had an outbreak and a lot of people ended up dying based on their religion on all three spectrums you know serb catholic or muslim so you know me having to go through that as a kid see i can only imagine what my parents were going through uh, and then we immigrated you know we had to go to a couple of different refugee camps uh, and the fear started kicking in. Even, you know, even though I was 11 years old, I'm just kind of like, man, what is this? You know, how, what, what, how the heck did we get here? You know, we were sleeping in barricaded, you know, wired fences, you know, that's being protected by the Nepal soldiers. And, you know, they're having to keep us safe because people are coming out to kill us or whatever the case may be. It was just a nightmare in itself. So, you know, even at a young age, you know, just having to go through that dramatic experience of, of you know, being homeless, being going through a couple of different refugee camps. I think our first refugee camp didn't even have any places where you could bathe or brush your teeth. So, you know, I remember people just getting sick. Everybody just smelling like asshole. <laughs> God willing, man, it was just bad. People taking dumps literally next to where you're laying, trying to get some rest. <laughs> it got bad, man. And I'm laughing about it now, but it, there's, that wasn't really a laughing matter, man. That, that was a really bad deal there. So, you know, very fearful. I can only imagine, like I said, what my parents were going through. So we went through a couple of those kind of camps, you know. We spent anywhere from a month to a couple of weeks in each one of those camps uh, before we could leave our country. Now we're, you know, war refugees. We try to figure out where we're going to go and where they're going to ship us off to. And they did, you know, we ended up coming to uh, the Dallas Forward Metroplex, you know, you know, they eventually told us, well, you guys don't have any family around Western Europe, so you can't get any visas. We're going to have to send you, you know, America was always more than happy to accept um, refugees. Even to this age, people are coming to this country. Thank God they are to try to make us a better nation, nation of the free. And so I believe in that, you know, just to to have a place for people to come and I'll always be thankful for that, for them expecting us and, and giving us a place to live and make a life and, you know, all that good stuff that comes with us. So, you know, so we came, you know, they flew us out here and, you know, um, you know, just, you know, like I said, that was, that was a lot of fear. Even on my part, I'm like, I don't speak any English. Um, how am I supposed to, you know, get 
adjusted to the system. You know, everything's bigger. Obviously, Texas is always bigger to begin with. You know, us coming from a third world country, uh, two-way lanes, uh, country type of a lifestyle to coming into a big city like Dallas that's probably got over 8 million, 10 million people in it by now. So it was a culture shock, you know. And then the heat became in like June of 95, and I'll just never forget stepping out of that airport and that humid air hitting my face. I thought I was in the desert somewhere in the Middle East. But either way, we came, we saw, we conquered, you know, we parents worked tough. Now we had a humble beginnings, you know, we, they came and worked for minimum wage. I think back then was like $5.15. They worked in semiconductors and assembly lines and didn't really ever get paid much. Even at this point, you know, dad's already retired. Mom still works a little bit, but they never made any money. You know, they barely ever spoke in English and they were like the cheap American labor here. So thank God they worked. And they were disciplined enough to be able to save. You know, that's one thing I always learned from my parents. They were very, they knew how to budget. They knew how to put money aside. Even on a $5 uh, salary, they were able to save and buy properties and, and, and have their own places without having to rent. So, you know, I salute them. I salute them for that. You know, that's one thing that they were always good about. Um, but mom was a little bit more. I think that's kind of where I'm tended to is I got a lot of her genes and her genetics and her, her bipolarness and her anxieties and depressions and her outbursts. And that's kind of something that, I, like I said, I've been fighting through my whole life, you know. And, and so, you know, there was always a lot of fear. You know, we lived in fear off and on our entire lives, you know. That's because we just never knew when our next meal was coming from. We spent a lot of time just not knowing. And then we come into America. Now we have to all get a job and parents have to work and pay rent and just get with this capitalistic system that nothing's given to you. Everything has to be gone and earned or you'll be the next person in 10 city or under a bridge somewhere begging for a meal ticket. You know, it's just tough. You know, it's tough to live in this kind of a society when, you know, if you're not willing to get out there and roll up your sleeves and, and do something about it. So. We did that, you know, and, and so one of the things that I was, I, I can always remember at a, at a well, young age is just the relationship that I had with my mom, you know, and, and specifically, you know, her emotional outbursts and, you know, not to get into detail, I'm sure, she, you know, she had a really rough beginning herself and, you know, came from a really, a lot of poverty. I'm talking the house I think they raised, were raised in was like made out of clay, you know, and I, I guess that was the thing in the past back in the day. It was just like where they put a bunch of mud together and, and I don't even know how you can make a house out of clay and mud, but they did. And that's where she grew up with, you know, seven, eight other siblings. So, you know, I don't know whatever happened with them. You know, I think that was just, you know, a lot of, you know, physical and mental abuse at that point for her and, and, and then her having to wake up. And that's kind of really what she showed us, you know, me and my sister. So I'm getting really deep with you guys here, but I just kind of want you guys to know the backstory to, to all my depressions and my mental instabilities is because we've had a rough and, you know, mom, mom's great. You know, she's very generous. She'll take the shirt off her back. She's very giving that she's got a lot of great characteristics, but then she's also bipolar. So anybody that's been around people like that, it's like split personality type of deal. One day she can wake up and want to take on the world. And the next day she wants to wake up and kill any, kill everything in front of her, you know, <laughs> God willing. So, you know, me having to cope with that and that, that, you know, a lot of fear came in that just growing up, adolescence, going through grade school, middle school, high school. There was always that, like, how's my mom going to be when I get up? And, you know, is, am I going to see one version of her or the 30th version of her? So, you know, it was tough, you know, and I, I know this is a lot for you guys. I'm just, you know, I'm really pouring out to you guys here. I, I really want y'all to know that life is precious. You know, people deal with a lot of different things, different backgrounds. You know, we really need to just get to a point in our life where we can just go and leave our homes and be really happy 
and share happiness and joy and, and you know, want to listen. You know, people are going through a lot. They've been going through a lot their entire lives. And, you know, we're in a in day and age that we need to just kind of wake up to the reality that it's time to be more grateful. It's time to be more grounded, more humble. It's time to be more of an empath, you know, really think that, you know, a way of just really wanting to help, you know, because that's the only way we're going to get through this is if you try to find ways to help one another. And I'm doing this in, in, in order to help. Even if I reach one person, I, I will keep doing these episodes for that one person that, that I need some of this information may resonate with. And I'm going to keep saying that. So, you know, fear, you know, that was the premise of this episode was fear. You know, there was a lot of fear in that. You know, there was a lot of fear in starting school, not knowing I if I gonna have any friends, I'm, you know, why pay more when you can pay less? That was the thing back there with pay less shoes. We didn't pay more, we paid less, you know. So I wasn't gonna have the nicest clothes. I wasn't gonna be, you know, the guy that's gonna hang out with the 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 the, the most popular kids and girls in school, you know. So, you know, even just going through that. But I graduated high school, you know. I, you know, I got mine. It wasn't a GED, you know. I got my actual diploma. I think I was like in the top percentile of my grade too. So. You know, I did good in school. High school was fun. You know, I did the best I could. My grades were always up to par, but I didn't really go to college. You know, and that's that's another episode. I really never pursued that higher education for whatever the reason might have been. I, you know, do I regret it? At times I think about it, you know, would have made it easier. I'm still young enough where I could go back to school. You know, that's, again, something to think about. I mean, I've never really, you know, you've been once you're out of school for so many years, there's just, you know, it's. It can be dumb, but there's no duck walk, you know. Going back to school 20 years after you did a math problem is not going to be easy. Um, it's doable, but it's definitely going to take some hard work. So, you know, so that was the thing, you know, just the fear of just, you know, how my upbringing was and then, you know, fear of um, of just not knowing, of just not knowing how I was going to wake up. Because, you know, now that I'm getting a little older, I'm seeing some a lot of those tendencies with um, – with, you know, how my mom was, you know, I'm having a lot of those similar personality traits that I'm having to like really take a step back and, you know, correct, you know, le read a lot of literature and, and be uh, be wanting to change because, you know, nobody can change you. You know, you have to really take a step back, look at yourself, look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, hey, look, you know, this is this isn't going to get the thing that's going to get you through life. You're going to have to learn how to calm down and and listen to people and just be a better, better person, you know, because nobody wants to be around a bunch of assholes and, you know, pretentious people that just think that they're better than others based off their materialistic statuses or how they're dressed or what kind of car they drive. That, that's just, that's the thing of the past. Nobody really cares for that. Nobody wants to be around people like that. Trust me, just because you have a nice car, you know, look, once you get to a certain age, none of that really makes sense anyway. Wait, wait till you get to your late 30s or 40s. Like, you just need a car to get you from point A to B. You know, having a nice car is great, but it's definitely not something that's going to just give you a lot of joy and happiness in the morning. Because happiness comes within. It's our oneness, who we are as people, how we can go out there and change the world and what makes the things that we do that make us happy. And materialism was never or money like money can never just give you all this unlimited joy i've had money there was times i've had a lot of money uh there was times i've had any money you know obviously being a refugee there was times we have nothing but those were not things that that were going to just make us happy is having all this affluence nah that doesn't work so you know so that was the thing you know so the, uh, i think that what we need to realize is the fear is real you know fear is something that we definitely have to work on and then fear is something that goes away is when you actually start doing the things that you fear 
because there's nothing to fear but fear in itself you know like the word fear that's all the fear there is like once you actually go out there and start doing the things that you're scared of doing or you know get out of those comfort zones and you know you start you know doing the things that you told yourself you're going to do there is no fear you know like fear just eliminates the, itself from you because now you're actually taking those steps to to work on that so you know i highly uh, recommend that that's how we fight fear is like we actually do the things that make us fearful and we just keep going we keep going until our body gets comfortable with these new 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 ways and that we're forming our personalities outside fear so but fear did fear did really kick in for me when it came to anxiety and depression because i was literally afraid of everything like you know i was closing my blinds i was afraid of the light i was afraid of the of 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 of, of happiness i was afraid of anything that was going to change because i got so comfortable you know, it's like once you get to this anxiety and depression and this Debbie Donner state of mind, it's like that's what your body craves. Like that's what your mind is wired and programmed to do. So it just kind of keeps, you know, it keeps you in that safety mode, that, you know, catastrophizing mode because that's the, that's, those are the, the, the cells that your brain is firing off. It's like those are the things that your mind is comfortable with because it likes being miserable, which trust me i'm even to this day it blows me off even saying that how the, how can your mind be happy with you being miserable but it can because those are the programs that you keep telling telling it and that body keeps itself in those programs because that's the only way that you can function because if if you don't have those feelings of oh my god look at me look at me then your but something's wrong you know you you have to get out of that that's like the comfort zone that your body's in so you you have to take those steps that we talked about to even to try to get out of that so that was, you know, that was, that was, that's what I was afraid of. You know, I didn't want to change that. You know, I was happy with being, you know, to a certain extent being that guy, even though I was miserable, like those were the things that I was doing every day that wasn't going to change me feeling any better way. So, cause I wasn't even looking for work initially. I was just, you know, just so broken that I didn't even feel comfortable going to job interviews. And then the job interviews I went to, you know, I was just, I'm sure I didn't do well at all. Cause I'm just sitting there like, who is this guy? I got to talk to this guy. I mean, it was just, I lost all my senses as far as who I am as a person, like, depression does that it literally just turns you into a different person like you're no longer yourself you're like another person that's within you that you 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 try to quiet you try to tell them to shut up to get away from you it's like it's it's like some sort of a mental sickness man and it's it's frightening it's frightening for us so you know do the things that, that you're afraid of um and just just know that this is the season this little depression anxiety it's it's like a little season that you go through and then hopefully you take a couple of seasons off or you know and then you know you never know when it'll come back you know it's kind of like one of those things you try to turn it off as long as you can and then something might happen that changes it or gets you out of your comfort and now, now your body might start you know kind of breaking those similar uh things to get you into that again that state of negativity the state of doubt, doubt state of unhappiness agony and and all those negative energies that we that we can feel so i hope you guys got a better understanding a little bit who i am uh kind of my background a little bit like i said i'm gonna be doing these audio podcasts i love doing them um it's something that i'm really like extremely excited about because i know my testimony will touch a lot of different people um that they might be thinking about doing the same thing and they just kind of need to take that leap of faith like express yourself find somebody to talk to there's no reason to have to do this alone. You you know, to a certain extent, you kind of have to do it alone because nobody can kind of get you out of it. But, you know, those relationships and those people that's really looking out for your best interest, you know, be very selective who you go around. But the people that you know love you, your family members and those close friends that you've had for years, those are the people that you want to be around because those are going to be the ones that's going to want to listen and sympathize with you and just kind of like, you know, have that shoulder to lean on type of deal. So 
you guys get out there and make it happen. Uh, like, again, I'm going to go ahead and I know I was kind of bouncing all over the place. I'm, I'm really just kind of freestyling these podcasts at this point. I haven't, you know, uh, really gotten to a point where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to take some notes on what I want to talk about. I think eventually I will. But right now I'm just like really free, freestyling. I'm telling you guys a little bit of my background, my testimony, my autobiography, and kind of implementing everything that I went through into like this anxiety and depression and bipolarness and all these different chemical uh, imbalances and sicknesses that we have in our minds that they're true. You know, a lot of people front upon this, but it's not the front upon these feelings that people have are true and they're going through a lot and they may not have anybody to really have, you know, express these feelings to. So that's where the scary part comes. You know, I had a friend that committed suicide. And again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in the next episode. But either way, guys, thank y'all again. It's your boy, Dark Sun, the one and only Darko. You guys know where to reach me at, IG at D-A-R-K-E-C, D-A-R-K-E-C 2683 is my Instagram deal. And my Facebook is at Darko, D-A-R-K-O, Josipovic, J-O-S-I-P-O-V-I-C. J-O-S-I-P-O-V-I-C. Thank you, guys. Another one, another killer episode. I loved it. Um, 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 People already have reached out. You know, I forgot to say that. We've had a couple of shout-outs already based off um, the first episode. So, you got, I mean, hey, this is already coming into tuition, you know. I'm I'm really excited. It's already starting to kind of come together. I've already had a couple of people reach out, kind of tell me their little story, and, and that just really made my heart ache. I mean, I was just so happy. It almost brought me to tears. Thank you guys again for all the support. I will talk to y'all soon. Bye.